This is episode 15 of the TAP with Charles O'Pong. You guys ready? Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back, everybody, to the Think Alpha Project. As you guys know, this is a podcast, a conversation of success, helping young people of color break barriers in health, relationships, career, and wealth. And I'm your host, Valentine Awudo. Thank you guys all so much for tuning in. Really appreciate you being on week after week after week. Just so you know, for this episode, you can feel free to look at the show notes at thinkalpha.net forward slash zero one five over there you'll see a summary of what we talked about you'll see the video as well that's linked on the youtube because we have the youtube version of this entire conversation as well as how to reach out to charles because i guarantee you might want to um, after this and ask him some questions so i'll start right now with a quote by charles actually and it goes like this i think the greatest thing that a single mother a single woman can do for her son raising him is that he needs mentorship. In this episode, Charles and I delve into the importance of a father figure in a child's life, the psychological imprinting that takes place through childhood and adolescence and how single mothers can put their best foot forward in raising their kids. Charles Opong is a pastor, actor, researcher, and doctoral professor in training community organizer, father, and husband. Charles creates real-life transformation by helping troubled youth to live positive lifestyles and promoting the promise of a better future. He conducts this research at Pepperdine University through a foundation he created called the Father and Son Foundation with the focus on fatherless African-American adolescent males and their connection with academic achievement. Charles also has a clothing line, Chuck Jones, which pays homage to his own father through the brand. Now, before we get into anything else, I'm going to say that as you watch this, I really enjoy this conversation. But some of this stuff you are probably going to consider super controversial and it may bring up some feelings or thoughts or, or, you know, it it may bring up some things. And I just want you to know that you got to remember the intention of this conversation. The intention is to move the conversation forward, to highlight what's going on in our society, and, uh, and also to present some things um, in a way where, as a people, we all can grow past and move forward and overcome. That's the point of this, okay? It's not about who's better than what. I'll let you decide which ones are controversial, but this is overall in general an amazing amazing conversation and i'm glad that we can have this on such a platform as the think alpha project okay so guys without further ado i bring to you guys pastor and future doctor charles opong all right guys welcome back to another episode of the think alpha project and so we have the one and only charles now you got to teach us how you say your name well, the Ghanaians will say Opal. <laughs> They'll leave out the G and just say Opal. For real? Yeah. You know, I don't know. Ghanaians will sometimes leave out Gs. I, I, I don't know what that's about. 
And there are a lot of G's in last names. Like you have Frimpong. Oh, that's true. You know, I actually know Frimpong, yeah. You know Frimpong, yeah. You know King? I know King. King Ajay Frimpong, you know him? No? He went to UCLA. Never mind, don't worry about it. <laughs> I know Ajay. Oh, you do? And I know I know a King separately. I know that's got in. You know each of them. Yeah. It's crazy. I know all three of his names, just not him. It's all good, man. It's all good. It's all good, man. Yeah, Dude, thank you for being on here, man. Thank you, bro. We just, I mean, we spent, I, I think it was like two hours. We oh, just, we just man. sat here talking. Talking about everything. Yeah. So um, we're going to go into, but you had an amazing, um, you had an amazing uh, uh, idea mm. for us to talk about. Mm. But I want to first go into all the amazing stuff that you're into right now, like what you're doing. So you're a pastor. Yes, sir. And then you are also, you said that you're in fashion. So how, how would you talk about that? Yeah, exactly. Chuck Jones. I think it speaks for itself. We're not talking <laughs> Val. Come on, Val. You exactly. see it. You see it. No, exactly. No, 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 right. right. And so what, 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 do you, what else do you have going on in your life currently at the moment? Well, um, first and foremost, I do want to say thank you again. Um, I really love and respect what it is you're doing thanks, um, from one brother to another brother. Um, so, yeah. Uh, thanks again. Thank you. Thank um, you. So what it is that I do, there, I, have, I use what I call the umbrella system. So you have Charles O'Pong, but under Charles O'Pong, you have all these different facets that I tend to personify. Um, we can start with Chuck Jones since, you know, it's just highlighted and it's right there in your face. Exactly. And so <laughs> uh, Chuck Jones... At one point, I was into acting, and I'm kind of back into it now. So if you do see me on a commercial or whatever the case may be, it's because I do have an agent and I do act, like, like professionally. But I'm not trying to, like, thespianize who I am because um, I'm a pastor right. um, first. Um, and, of course, I am a researcher um, by profession right now. So I do research for Pepperdine University um, at the Graduate School of Education and Psychology. And uh, I'm a PhD student. And right now my topic is focused on fatherless African-American adolescent students and their academic achievement. Why they achieve what they achieve. And the elements I'm looking at is emotional, self-esteem, and environmental. And so that's just what I do every single day, seven days a week. Right now it's Christmas break and I'm still working and I enjoy it, you know, because I feel like that's my way of giving back to my people, my community. Right. And I feel like at the same time, it pays homage to um, you and I, my yep. dad, people that look like us. Right. So um, I'm also a father. So it makes sense for me to kind of do that. And so if I can just digress, Chuck Jones under that same umbrella of Charles O'Pong is fashion. And I, I took the name from my dad. So in some way, shape, form or fashion, I'm always paying homage to my dad. That's but, awesome, man. You know what I mean? Yep. So um, that's kind of where I'm at with that. Um, my dad's name is Charles. I'm Junior. But Charles, Chuck is the nickname for Charles. But my dad's first name is actually Jones. So he goes by Jones, Charles, Bishop Jones, Charles Opong. And I'm just Charles Opong, Charles Opoku Opong. And so... I took that into acting, Chuck Jones. Then when I retired from oh. acting, I did radio for like three years at Cal State Dominguez Hills. 
And the name of my radio show was Chuck Point Radio. So I just kind of put my name on everything it is that I did because I'm a firm believer in branding like yourself. Yeah, exactly. And so I uh, took Chuck Jones into radio and Chuck Jones became a radio personality and no longer an actor. And a few years after that, I said, I want to get back into the acting thing while I'm in school, which I'm doing now. And um, my name is no longer Chuck Jones as an actor. <laughs> it's just a clothing line, Chuck Jones Clothing and Apparel. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram and social media. Yep. And um, I just came out with a new line of shirts and um, dad hats. And that's kind of what I'm pushing right now. And I feel like that that does feed into what I'm doing with research with the father and son thing because Chuck Jones is a collaborative, uh, I want to say like treatment or mindset right. that pays homage to my, to me and my dad. Right, exactly. Yeah. So you have, okay, you have... Um, you have a dad, and and he's very, pretty much very present yes, in sir. your life, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I'd say the same thing for me. Like my dad, you know, he's everything for me. Um, he's yeah. been in my life, role model, everything. Um, now, what, like, what's your take? I, I'm. We talked about this a little bit with mm-hmm. you know fatherless children and effect of that. But what's your take? What's your actual take on that? Man, well, <clears throat> excuse me. First and foremost. Big ups to your dad for being there in your life. Um, your dad, like my dad, was in my life and is still yeah. a very present um, fixture in my life to this day. Like he's my mentor. Um, my dad is Bishop Charles O'Pong, and I feel like how that plays. It's who we are by the age of eight. Imprinting happens for children at five. So it's major to answer your question. I don't think a man can fully and truly become a man Mm -hmm. if he's raised by a woman. Because men show men how to do men things. Mm. You know, as a legendary rapper once said. (laughs) As a great philosophical rapper once said, who's going to remain nameless. But... Um, I, I mean, who am I and who are you without our, our, our dads and what it is that we're doing today? Look at what you do, man. And I don't want to make this thing about you, but I just kind of want to use you right. and myself as uh, placeholders for African-American or African, you know, young males. Right. You know, you can only go so far without a man in your life. Without a man having a man in his life, you can only go so far. And it's only so much you can accomplish. And the streets can teach you things. Um, Television does teach you things, um, both good and bad, technology, media. But you're never going to get that type of relationship that you so desire. And that's what a lot of these, like, gangbangers, that's what they seek, man. Seek validation. Validation, yeah. That's what I think. Yeah, from a man. Right, right, from other, yeah. Cause think about it, like in a gang, right. if I was a if I was a gangbanger, my mentor would be my big homie. That's that's exactly. what they call me, a big homie. But the big homie is once again a substitute or a placeholder for a father. You know, so mm-hmm. it's important that you and I not only are having this conversation, but this type of narrative does what what we're talking about continues to happen, but we can um, hopefully, willfully, by the grace of God, 
um, minimize yeah. this ongoing vicious cycle narrative of fatherless African-American male youth, even if they have a father who's locked up or deceased or whatever the case may be, we need more positive figures and role models within their life. So, right. So, yeah, so you're pretty much saying, like, I'm getting that, that, um, the, well, first off, the solution, what we're trying to go for is mm-hmm. that, is more role models. And yeah. I firmly believe that mm-hmm. so much. And um, it's part of the reason why I stepped out to do something like this is because what I believe children <clears throat> do is children need, they don't need anybody to tell them what to do. They right. just need an example. Yeah, yeah. But here's the thing. They need an example of someone that looks like them. Hey, not this brother speaking my language. <laughs> Come on, man. Speaking my language. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So they need someone that looks like them. So the reason why I say that, too, is because I've been in countless situations where there's like, for example, a bunch of folks who are not black. Mm-hmm. And then I'm the only black person in that um, environment. Exactly. Yep. Right. Yep. That happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so but the thing is now another, let's say, black, young black dude steps in. And and then maybe a year or two years down the road, they go, you know, it's, you you want to know something? It's because I saw you in there that I felt I could succeed or I felt I could make it or I felt I could be a part of this. Right. And oftentimes people need the people need that. People need someone that they I think it's just relating. It's just someone that looks like them, someone that they can it reminds them of who they are yes, sir. Um, to feel like it's possible for them, too. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know what I'm that's that's. I love your iteration. That's yeah. <laughs> people that look, representation. Mm-hmm. It's something that has been going on in Hollywood um, for so long. You have misrepresentation and you have overrepresentation. <clears throat> misrepresentation comes from all you see is like every black guy in a film or a TV show or commercial is the boys in the hood, you know, Doughboy, or is like uh, Kane from uh, South Central. Um, is this not South Central? Don't be not don't be a menace. Menace to society. Menace to society. Um, I think that's misrepresenting of who you and I are. Right. You're a right. working professional. You're a degree holder. You get money on a regular and daily basis without having to acquiesce to sell drugs nope. or right. rob rob you know for a living. You know, people make careers and lives out. You know, they make a living off of those you know those negative variables that I mentioned. But how often do you see, and that's why I, I love and I respect the writers and directors and producers that do put these things out. And the reason why I am kind of like analogously or using um, Hollywood um, for lack of better other analogies is because that's just what we see. Right. Television, social media, like, so we go to the movies, you'll see a certain thing and it's just like, oh my God, he's so vicious. You know, um, I'll say it like the Clintons. Um, mm-hmm. It was a Bill Clinton or Hillary, well, both of them, during his term, came up with Super Predator. And so <laughs> most of the movies around that time in the early 90s, going into the 2000s, even until now, it's starting to minimize a little bit more because of um, our last president, President Obama. Shout out to President Obama, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that Netflix movie that talked about the Super Predator and stuff that mentioned that? I didn't. It's called, I think it's called... It might be, I mean, it might be 13th or something. I don't know. Oh, of course. Ava DuVernay? Yeah. 13th Amendment. Yeah, of course. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 They were talking all about yeah. that. I was, I was watching. I was like, oh my God, yes. this is crazy. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, my brother. Yes, of course. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. It, 
I mean, just even talking about it now, like you just think about all the all the lives lost, um, all the lives who have been innocent. It's crazy. I know we go all over the place right now, but it's crazy. Like you look at the um, the um, the policies on um, substance and carrying marijuana. Mm -hmm. And I was listening to NPR the other day and I'm just thinking to myself, like, man, they're changing so many things around to fit and to kind of fit and cater to people today. Right. But how many people have been locked up for weed possession? Football numbers, bro. You and I talked about it. Like people get like 15, 60 years for, 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 for nonviolent offenses. And it took President Obama to pardon so many people, but he can only do so many. How many are locked up? Right, right. You know, um, that's why right. I'm doing the type of topic I'm researching and I'm looking into um, analyzing, looking at stats, uh, something I'm currently doing right now, um, secondary document analysis on fatherless African-American male youth. And this doesn't happen back home from where you and I are from. Um, but over here, I feel like it is systemically or systematically set up for people that do look like you and me to fall into those ills. And so I just kind of want to be an ambassador, not necessarily a savior, but somebody who puts out the information to say, this is what's actually going on. Don't believe what you read in the books. Right. In, in the high school books, in the middle school books, there's a lot of omissions in there. So. Right, right, right. Yeah. And I mean... I know that this is, I think for a lot of people uh, who are black, I, and honestly, this doesn't, to me, this doesn't really just apply to to black folks. I think this applies to minorities, period, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially because you're from LA, you know, you and I are from LA. So you understand that we don't just have black gangs either, right? We have different we are gangs of different races, and I think it's the same, you know, where males are seeking other validation from other males. True. Well, my question is, um, <clears throat> when there's a lot of, I know that there's a lot of people who will most likely argue mm -hmm. that, like, they, you know, they're going to say, my mom raised me right, and that's true, and I know that that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I, my mom raised, and, and it's true. It's funny you say that, because I thought that. My mom, they're going to be like, saying. no, my mom actually raised me right. Like, to, look to at where I'm man. at. Right, look at... Right? Like, my mom raised me right to be a man type thing. But no, finish, please. That, that was great. It was great. <laughs> no, so, so, they be like, my mom raised me right. And mm -hmm. I would agree. Like, I know some people who've been raised by their mother because their dad wasn't in their life. And, right. and I'm like, dude, look at the man you've become, right? Right, 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 right. Now, <clears throat> like, what, what happens, what, what do you think is the case with that? Like, when, when you have guys who have been raised by their mother, mm -hmm. they turn out to be good. Because I know this, and I'm going to add this before the, the question is, a, is that a, it's a precursor? Yeah. Okay. Um, when I know from psychology that men, and this is also conversely applies to women, mm -hmm. but men, if they have an estranged or strained relationship with their father, mm -hmm. it creates identity issues. It's been known to create identity issues. Or, if, for example, if, if their mother... Also, if they have an estranged relationship with their mother, like they don't know their mother mm -hmm. or they've, they've never you know, been around their mother right. or they have a strained one where they're for some reason not talking to them or it affects how they treat women in their life. Man. So my question to you is, 
You are, by the way, I just want to let you know, you are on point right now. Like, state, yeah. like stating the substantiations and the facts it is that you're putting out, you're on point. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'll say this to you, I'll say, cause I said this in another interview, I, I'll say this to you because I'm speaking from experience. Now, my father's been in my life. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. But there were some things, there were some things in the past that I've had to work over mm-hmm. where I, um, I had a little bit of a resentment towards my dad and it affected. Hmm. Yeah. And what happened was it affected how I would speak to males that I would consider authority, authority figures. Do you mind kind of sharing like, a little like, bit? Like in, in general, like in general, I would say it affected me speaking up. Okay. For myself. Ah, I got you. Okay, okay. Like if I, like, was a, if I was want like to like a suppression? Was it like a suppression? It's it's almost like it's, it, I had this false limiting belief that, oh, what I, you know, m- what my dad says goes. My opinion, I took it personal. My opinion doesn't really matter. So what happens was, would, would be if I'm in the presence of men that I feel are authorities, authority mm-hmm. figures, or they're higher than me, or they are where I want to go, mm-hmm. what I would notice is, I just be a yes man. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I was a yes man to my dad. Right, right. Um, and and it wasn't until I healed that part of me <clears throat> that I actually started to really be more of myself and be able to express myself in front of anybody. Doesn't matter who it is, and speak up for what I believe in and disagree and completely go. Ah, I don't agree with that, or or even to the point of saying no to something. Somebody, you ask me something, I say no. I'm, I, I'm, I'm not going. <laughs> right. You know? And that's my word. I'm standing on that. <laughs> yeah. And that's, and that's just what it is. Yeah. So what you said is great. But my, and, and this has been a precursor to everything, but my question is, like, what's your take when it comes to men who are actually raised really well, you know, in, in, a, in a household where there's, there's a mother? Oof. Well, you asking some good questions. Um, it's funny, like, none of my classmates, uh, or should I say, like, none of my peers or counterparts have ever asked that question. Um, I think that's one of the, yeah. I want to say maybe like seven or ten questions that um, we put in the place um, called, like, further research. You know about this. Oh, good, yeah. Impl- yep. Implications, <clears throat> future research. Um, right. Hmm. F- first and foremost... Huge shout out to all the single mothers out there. Um, my position still stands because there's something that I just found out. I was talking to a brother yesterday and um, there are five, there are five pillars to manhood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the first three are like probably like the most pertinent. Um, Protect, provide. It's the woman's job to nurture and to do so many other things. Like we're not boxed in. Nowadays, society says, you know, so it, there is a lot of floundering on both men and women's parts. I think that's why uh, it's not that we say what's cool, but what is the what's the story? of the man in America. What's the story of the woman in America? Now the story since the 70s, if not before, thereafter, when it comes to women's rights, the story for women is not to be a housewife. Where I'm coming from, when we talk about the whole story thing. Right. The story for the woman 
or should I say for the single, uh, let me just say single parent households, according to statistics, predominantly single parent households mm -hmm. are women. I don't care if you're white, I don't care if you're black, whatever the case. Throughout the race, yeah, races, yeah. America's biggest problem that will help so many other different problems, crime and everything, is putting daddy in the house. Research shows it, stats show it. This is not me saying this. This, this precedes both you and I. Um, I'm reading this guy, David Blankenhorn, Fatherless America. Mm -hmm. And he has a thick book, love the book. It's actually the book I'm basing a lot of what my research is right now, but you still right. have to back it up with like data analysis and real stats. Yeah. And so even when you look at the United States Census Bureau and what it is they report and who's in the households, how many single parent households are there mm -hmm. ratio wise compared to how many two parent households? I'm not talking about marriage. I'm just talking about two parent households. Um, and I'm not talking about from the standpoint of um, you have like two men um, who are uh, together or married or whatever the case may be raising a man. I'm talking about a heterosexual relationship. Oh, OK, my man. Ex exactly. Okay. And those those two go together. They right. work together. Um, what do I think about it? Um, like I said, I big ups to all the, you know, single women who are raising men. I, and that's a huge task within itself because mm -hmm. you have you have one gender raising another gender. What can you how can you tell me what to do, how to be in society that a man should be telling me? I hear from you, I'll grow up to be a great, uh, upstanding citizen of society, you know, and I'll probably go on to do great things in which so many men have. President Barack Obama. Right. He, he made mention of it. His father wasn't there. He came up with the MBK, My Brother's Keeper Initiative. And they did the research. They understand that there are so many omissions from I want to say adolescent males' lives. Like it's not about being black. I'm just researching that. You know right, this. right, right. But research, yeah. Yeah, you know. But whether you're Hispanic, whether you're Asian, whether you're black, they're just more men missing in the lives of young men, and they're not being raised mm. by men. And what that does is that I feel like it deteriorates the identity. You mentioned identity. It yeah. deteriorates the identity. Um, male identity. The the male identity. Because right. if I'm a if I'm a male, it's one thing to have a penis, right? Mm -hmm. But if I'm a male and my standards, my morals, my mindset, my spirituality, who I am as a person, all those things make up my DNA, literally. I'm not talking about phenotypically, but when you look at it from the standpoint of who we are ideologically, mentally, those things make those things make that's your identical makeup as a man. Right. If I don't have those things, then what am I? I'm not a woman, right? So I'm not saying if, if you don't have those things, you're you acquiesce to being a woman. You, it's impossible. You can't do that. Right. Right. You know. I mean, you can get a sex change. You know, all respect to that. You can get a sex change. Yeah. You know, um, but that still doesn't change who you are as a man. So when it comes to a woman raising a man, it's only so much that she can do. And she's really going to struggle with raising him. There's so many things that a man comes, whether he has experience with women or um, looking for a job or playing sports or, you know, 
whatever, driving a car. There are so many things that a man just knows how to gravitate towards and saying to a young man, regardless as to how experienced he is, again, right. that he knows how to give to a young man. It's because natural. He's, it's natural. He's equipped with it. He comes so he with is. it. Yeah. You know, he has the packaging for it. A woman can only do so much. And after a while, a woman is, you know, <laughs> you know, there's so much patience that because women have high tolerance. In fact, I think women are born with greater tolerance than men. It's what makes them special. I feel like it's what I was telling you off camera. It's what makes women. That's just one of the things that makes women better than men. Right. Yeah. You know, and I feel like women are just superhumans compared to us because they can do things that we can't. I'm not just talking about physically, but, you know, women can just fathom so many things that we can't. They can withstand yeah. pain for so long. So that's just one of my things. Um, and one may say, OK, so if women can withstand and have so much patience. Shouldn't they be able to, you know, have this much or this amount or, you know, however much it may be, you can't really quantify it for young men. No, I, I don't think that's just me, you know, shout out to all my women out there because I don't want to. Because know. I was going to tell you, there's yeah. going to be a lot of people who watch this yeah. and listen to this. Yeah, they're going to completely disagree. And that's fine. And shout outs to my wife, Esther, you know, um, I, I don't want to say I have very, very um, strong concepts about this subject it is that you and I are talking about, but um of course, I'm even off camera. Like this is not going to be the last conversation you and I right, have. Right, exactly. Um, right, but yeah, it's just something that that just really needs attention. It needs addressing, and somebody, if not a collective, but it starts with one person, needs to start to change the ongoing perspective of men and young men. You right. Know? I'm a, I'm a firm believer that it takes a man to raise a man. I mean, I, I just, to me, when you say that, uh, and I'm going to agree with you on that. To me, when you say that, um, it just speaks to anything else where someone is in training, mm -hmm. right? So, for example, a physician is, is you know, a, a physician may get some resources from a nurse, but ultimately a physician must train under a physician. Hey, hey. Right? <laughs> he's not a nurse, he's a doctor. <laughs> His brother's a doctor. Stupid, <laughs> right? So, like for example, yeah, so, and, and, and this, I mean the same way, the same way even with a nurse, a nurse, a nurse can, you know, a, a, a physician can be really resourceful to a nurse. Mm -hmm. I'm a nurse, you know, like in the ER, I can, uh, an ER doctor can be very resourceful to me, mm -hmm. They can talk to me about pathophys, mm -hmm. you know, what lab tests they're going to take, what treatments they're going to do. Right. But ultimately, the role of a nurse <clears throat> and in the dynamic of the healthcare team mm -hmm. is best going to come from learning and training underneath a nurse. That's just what it is. So it just reminds me of like just plain role modeling. And this applies to anything else, mm -hmm. which is good. Now, you as a because how old is your kid now? You have a son. Yeah, I have a son, Princeton. I love him to death. He's my baby, man. Princeton doesn't look anything like me. Let's just get that out of the way. <laughs> what, is he light-skinned or something? <laughs> he's super, he's white. 
Oh, really? Yeah. Really? My son awesome. is white. Um, <laughs> I'm black and my son is white. My wife is black too, by the way. <laughs> um, let's put that out there. Yeah, let's just put that out there. I, I think he just like has this like super, I want to say hyper recessive gene where he reached to his Nigerian side. I know Val, my brother's Nigerian. Um, but his grandfather on yeah. um, my wife's side is, um, he's super light. But when he was younger, he, he he's dark. He, you know, his tone is darkened a little bit, but he's still super light. Right. Um, but when he was younger, he was super light. What am I talking about? Why, why am I talking That's about? That's fine. That's fine. How, how old is he? <laughs> he's one. He's 16 months. Right. So he's, I mean, so, honestly, like, dude, he's going to get, you know, he's going to get a little darker, right? Yet to be seen, Val. Give us some time. The jury is out, Val. You got to be patient, dude. I don't know, man. Bro, you gotta, you, gotta patient. Patient. Like, you gotta be patient. Like this thing has to happen. Yeah. Huh? It's God's will. You gotta be patient. You gotta be, you gotta be patient be. with that. You gotta be patient. <laughs> so, so as a fa- so you're a father mm-hmm. and you're you know you're present. You've been present. You know you've been present since since he was born, and yes, you're gonna continue to be present. Yes, sir. By God's grace. Yes, sir. So now, as you as a father, mm-hmm. you're speaking from a specific position. Yes. Because I could say the same thing, but psh, I don't even have a wife, let alone right. a son. So it's a bachelor. Yeah, yeah right. So yeah. for you, my question to you is: How do you now that you you know that he's going to grow up and he's going to be around other people? And it, but my but what what? How do you see? You, how do you see his life being affected because you're you're in it? To answer the question in short he's going to grow up to be a great man and whatever it is he wants to be. Um, he's when I say a great man, I'm not talking about in terms of like what he's going to do career wise, mm-hmm. but like the terminology, man, he's going to grow up to be a complete man because of me. Yeah. I mean, right. that's a shorter answer to it. Um, as far as how society looks at him, how family looks at him, how his community looks at him, how the system looks at him, that's never going to change. He's just not going to be accepted. And he's, he's going to know that, I want to say by, he's, he's, he's one. So by and or by the time he's like, I want to say five, because that's when imprinting happens for children. Five. Five. When you, and when you say imprinting, like what specifically, um, how would you describe that? Imprinting is the identity, who you're going to be for the rest of your life. So... When you and I were five, that was that that's us right now. Wow. When we were like three and four, we went through phases, you know. They have something called the terrible twos, you know. Three is a very um possessive age for children. Yeah. <laughs> but check this out. It's different for African American babies, ma- adolescents, males, African American children. What do you um, mean? Youth. Well, <clears throat> because according to statistics, a lot of the times, that is not there. Uh, so the way they are, like, you and I were shaped by our Ghanaian and Nigerian fathers absolutely. at one, yeah. at two. They were molding. Mm-hmm. They were pressing. They were doing things that if society had done those things, oh, man, it would have been a disaster. You know, mm-hmm. look at you, bro. Like, 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 look at me. And I'm not gloating, you know, but we're proud black men. Very proud, yeah. Shouldn't be afraid to say that. Right. My father taught me to say that. Right. I'm emotional just thinking about it. Right. You know, it's like, I think I said it before, you you can only go Mm. 
as a man, I love what you said. Like you can only go as far. Oh no, the only way to go, the only way to surpass in which every son should surpass his father. Like the generations should just get better and better. The only way to surpass your father, the person who precedes you, um, is by having him there. Hmm. That's the only way to really, like, you know, is by having him there. Tupac would have went much further had he had his father present. His father's alive to this day. He looks just like his dad, by the way. <laughs> yeah, he looks, his, dad, his dad is an educator. Wow. Yeah, he looks just like his dad, but his dad wasn't present. Tupac was raised by the streets. Tupac was raised by his mom. Rest in peace, Afini Shakur. And, you know, like when I read his book and I read the um, mm. uh, biography and I've read multiple books by different authors about Tupac, the one thing that I'm always looking at that's always sticking out like a sore thumb and, and it's, it's the zenith of who Tupac became and he spoke up for them as well is the mentor. You know, then later on he started, who, who, who mm. became his mentor? Suge Knight. If you watch the last movie, it's just like Suge Knight became your mentor. Suge Knight of all Suge people. Suge yeah. of all people. You know, so um, he would have been able to see those things. But his mom did give him good advice. Absolutely. You know, don't do this, do this. You know, the CIA is watching you and things like that. I think that's important. I think I think he would have heeded advice a little more stronger had it been his dad. Someone that looks like him. Somebody that looks like him. I mean, you put it right in perspective. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you a question. You know, you know the story about the Jungle Book. Yeah, yeah. Mowgli, he's you know he he's a, <laughs> the kids these days are gonna take this differently, but he was a savage. <laughs> I know why you said that. He was a savage, you know. He's a savage in the literal sense. In, like, the, in the literal sense, they still people, won't get what we Yeah, they still not gonna get him. Like, nah, he was a savage. Ah, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, he was a savage, but he wasn't this kind of savage. He was like. He grew up in the jungle, literally. Right. And can we say he learned things the hard way? No. Mm. He grew up the way he grew up. Mm-hmm. For you and I, it would have been hard because we weren't raised in that environment. Right. But his environment, look look, look what he was raised by. Right. So right. I'm, I say all that to say he was a human, but he grew up with savage tendencies. You know, he didn't grow up with, he didn't grow up the right way, the way a human should grow up. And so... Had he had been raised by a man, of course, his life would have been different. Had, would it have been better? I think that's relative, okay. you know, because he, he, he liked the life in the jungle. Right. But the life of a training or a nurse in training, you can't learn from a doctor. No, you can't. The life of a nurse in training, you're not going to learn from a ball player. Right. The life of a nurse in training needs to learn from somebody who was majored in the in the major things of the life of what is nursing. Right, exactly. And what better, what better than a trainee to learn from a registered nurse? Right. That's how you learn. That's how you became great at what it is you're doing. And this is not the only thing that you do. And who taught you that? What did you learn that from? You got that from your dad. You got that from your dad. And given that, you know, there are some things, you know, fathers aren't perfect, so you do have limitations. But some of those limitations too, you can't blame your dad. Me too. I was, you know, I blame my dad for, you know, things growing up as a kid or whatever. But we have what you call delimitations. It's things that you put on yourself or things that you can't necessarily prevent from being limiting, you know. So um, 
I feel like things would have turned out much more different. Personally, um, you can't go and create a father for somebody who's fatherless. I think you have to put them in an environment where they can look to mentors and have more than one mentor who looks like them. So they're not just a man. If I'm black, I need a black mentor. Because the that's real. You feel so me? So you're telling me. So you tell. This is awesome. So you're telling me that. <clears throat> so if if someone's black, the kid's black. Mm-hmm. You tell me if he was in. He was if he had a mentor who was Asian, for example. Hmm. You're saying that. It or what are you saying? Are you saying it wouldn't be effective or or, or what are you saying? I love the, I love the iteration question. So. I put it. To, I, I answer it like this. Besides my father, my greatest mentors are women. You know you just <laughs> you know what you just did just now? What's up? <laughs> What's up, Val? I'm not gonna say you contradicted yourself, but you just threw a whole wrench in, in what you're saying right now. Uh, you gotta explain that. Woo! I'm gonna give you the most simplest form, V. Okay. The mentors that I wanted were black men. If they didn't let me down, didn't call me back, weren't there for me, and I didn't have any black mentors as teachers. Other way around, I should say, none of my Mm -hmm. teachers were black men. But the teachers that were, you know, they came in, those substitute teachers, I'm never gonna forget them. Mr. Suds, um, Mr. Pierce, he, he reminds me of Paul Pierce, he could grip a basketball and stuff. They were the best. Right. They were the best. And when you look at them, you're not thinking like, oh, he's black like me. But it's a subconscious thing. something in it, yeah. So I remember, that was in kindergarten, bro. I remember them. You know I've never said their names until now, since then? Wow. It's only because you and I are having this conversation. Wow. Um, The reason why I say my greatest mentors have been black women, shout out to Dr. Kane, by the way. Love Dr. Kane. She's my current mentor right now. And she's helping me to push the project and the topic that I'm researching right now. Shout outs to Ramona Wright. To this day, for the past like 10 years. Um, she's a young entrepreneur, blogger, so on and so forth. You can follow her, Ramona Wright. She, um, she taught me this thing of communications while I was in my undergrad at Dominguez. Right. I was looking for a black man, V. I, 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 I'm like, where, where you guys at? I asked my uh, professor at the time, Professor Russo, to connect me with some people. He couldn't find anybody. So he, he laced me with Ramona. And since then, you know, it's been on, like, to this day. You know, she, she, I, I consider her a part of our family. And so as bad as I've wanted them, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Like, drop balls, you know, um, pause. <laughs> <laughs> Edit that out. Um, let's just say, you know, <laughs> you know, just considering the fact that, you know, I feel like I feel like I feel like black men did turn their back on me. And I want to be the opposite of that. Oh. The only black man who didn't turn his back on me was my dad. So he's the reason why I do. That's what heavy. I do it's a heavy statement, man. Yeah, man. That's what's going on. though, bro. I got to keep it a thousand because the young black man. And let me just let me just keep it super thousand right now. The young black men who do come from the hood, the people that turn their backs on them are black men because black men turn their back on them and black men turn their backs on them. Generational curses. 
That's what we're dealing with now. And now you don't have a father. Who's going to raise you? Your mom. And besides your mom, who's going to raise you? The homies in the hood. And besides them, who's going to raise you? The homies in jail. If you go that far, mm. which is not that far to go systemically, it's there for you. They're building more jail cells than they are building, than they are building hmm. school chairs. That's a lot of school chairs. That's a lot of jail cells. All right. But there are more jail cells than school chairs. So now, okay. So if for those out there who are um, single moms, and I know some amazing, I have amazing friends who are single mothers. Mm. Um, I think you just actually shared on it, but I want, I just want you to really, I, I want to isolate this answer. Okay. Um, okay. Single moms out there raising their kids, they want the best out of their sons, for their sons. What do you believe they need to do to position their sons the best man. way possible? Why you got to do it like that, man? Why you got to, why you got to? You asked to be on, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to challenge you. <laughs> what do they need to do to position? <laughs> Yeah, what do you what do you feel? What do you believe? What do you believe? I mean, what you said earlier, uh, I think, kind of answered the question. And what you said was, you know, they should find people that look like them, mm -hmm. put them in environments mm -hmm. where there's people that look like them. But then we're still in a society where there's not a lot of that either. Real. So what do we do? Great question. Um, so. <clears throat> The relationship between a mother, you know, slash a woman and her seed, be it a young man or a young woman, but I know you said you want to isolate it. So let's just say a young man. You ever hear, hear the term mama's boy? Of course. Yeah. There's no such thing as daddy's boy. What do you mean? You've never heard that term. It's, it, it, it's, it's not a politically, societally correct phrase they say mama's boy mm. they'll say daddy's girl they yes. won't say daddy's boy i'm a daddy's boy though yeah i would i, I, I say that about myself you're too. a daddy's boy yeah it's evident i can see yeah i can I say, see it i say that about myself too yeah and that's good <clears throat> um i hope i'm answering this question that you asked what can they do um So I'm going to be very practical. I think the greatest thing that a single mother, a single woman can do for her son raising him is he needs mentorship. I just want to be very practical because there's nothing that she can do that a man or a father can do for him. Hmm. The relationship between a single mother and her budding and growing son will forever be permeated in love. Right. Nine months, you're raising him. There's something about, listen, and I love my wife. I love Esther O'Pong, straight up. But there is something, and even Esther, her brothers can attest to this too, and every other you know man out there. You'll never, the love between a man and a woman a husband and wife, or whatever the case may be, um, is eternal. It's eternal. The Bible says that when a man leaves his mother and father, he's going to cleave to his wife. However, one thing, not just that my mom taught me, but that my dad taught me, is that 
the love that you have with your mother, it's not to be parallel with your wife at all. And I'm not parallel. I, I, I can never compare mm. them. You know, they're incomparable. But the love that a young man has for his mother tends to supersede the love between him and any other woman. Just don't compare. You're saying is this? You're saying this as a fact? What are you? What are you saying? I'm saying this as I'm. I'm. I don't want to say it's fact, you know, because I can't really substantiate that. Right. 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 But what I can substantiate is based on what I've seen in the ongoing narrative, and then even when you, even what you see in media, you always, you know, and the phrase that we just kind of talked about, "Mama's boy." Right. You know. Um, I just feel like it permeates and, and we do need to kind of change this. Not that, not that we need to do away with that, but I think it needs to be a transformation for uh, man and boy as well. As much as that is permeating, man and boy needs to be permeated too. There needs to be a, a, a very, there needs to be a hyper consideration between a father and a son. Absolutely. The same way it is, you see that hyper consideration between a mother and her son. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you know, yep. I look at the relationship between uh, my wife and our son. It's evident. It's, it's beautiful. It's evident. You know. Right. And and the period stops here. I'm not going to say but. You know. Like, there's no <laughs> and but that's, with and me. that's that. Yeah. It's beautiful, and that needs to. She held you for nine months. Right. What more can you, you know, I mean, that that the relationships starts the moment, you know, of conception. Mm -hmm. That's just how I feel. You know, other people will say, oh, no, it, it'll start after, you know, there's an actual fetus or whatever the case may be. But that relationship starts because there are things going on in there, you know. And so I don't know. Um, women or single mothers can um, do their best. What does that mean? That's very general. Um, I think they need an introduction. I, when I say they, young men. So I think single mothers should introduce their young boys to um, people and or men that look like them. That's how we transform society. Um, what can you do? I mean, it's not so much you can do, you know, from a legislation standpoint. Right. Um, which is a huge thing for me. And it's something I'm going to be going into next semester because society teaches the man to stay separate. If I talk to you about Pruitt Igo and how the Pruitt Igo projects in, uh, is it Chicago? Is it Chicago? Pruitt Igo, I forget. Um, but how, how that inner city project was built, uh -huh. the qualifications in order, or the requirements in order to qualify to get in that project. You have to be a mother on your own. No men are allowed in the building. Interesting. Mm -hmm. For what, though? <clears throat> There's so many variables into that, but no men allowed in the building. Not men allowed in the building. Men cannot live with you. And if a man was found to be living with you, um, I think it was a notice to vacate or eviction. And um, Another one was that, or another one that happens today and I actually have a few homies who um, hmm. are going through this. The man has to pay child support. Oh, now, if he's found to live 
Say that again. If he's found to live in one of the. Oh, now I'm talking about something different. But oh, okay, okay. I'm just kind of giving various stories as to why. Well, how men are separate from their families. Um, let me see. So men paying child support, you're saying that that you're saying that that separates. No, I'm just saying that's that right. There's another story of separation mm-hmm. between a family. I bet you're asking me how people might wonder how. Um, if they don't pay child support, they go to jail. Now I can't be there with my family. Yeah. Um, if you don't, well, if you have a job that's paying you low wages, they're taking what you would be able to give or provide to your family because it's not just for the child. Who's get, who's the person getting the money and cashing the check and stuff like that? It's an adult. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> you feel me? Like this is what's this is this is American society. You know, and historically American society has done a huge injustice to men. Not not just black men, men. Right. My professor, Dr. David Stevens, um, who's now at Azusa Pacific University, gone through hell with his ex-wife. Child support. He makes good money as a college professor, but man, for how much money he make for what they taking out, man, that just don't add up. Hmm. That right there creates a sense of resentment and a cloak over the family, and now the the the, the children see that. Yeah, you know, and what does that do? It keeps the man separate. You always hear your daddy and nothing. You just like your daddy, you know. You watch hmm. movies or my homies. This is where my research come from. Firsthand, you know, seeing this stuff, and you just like your daddy. You ain't going to be nothing just like your dad. What do you think that does? Number one, the man is not coming back home. Right. You know, because everything that you, that's coming out of the house is negative, you know, and it'll come from the woman. Right. Re- regardless of him cheating or anything like that. Right? I'm not here to talk about fidelity or infidelity. We're just talking about the output and how that looks for children. Yeah. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. I hope I'm not rambling. I don't, I don't you're know. You're good. You're good. Yeah. You're good. Yeah. So, um, I saw a problem with it. It saddened me. And so I wanted to do something about it. So, <laughs> so, so I checked into Pepperdine University and started researching this stuff. And um, it's really blowing my mind. It's taking me to a different place. I think it's making me a different person. And um, it's funny. That research brought me here with you. You know, you know And right. you, you cared enough. You saw fit to talk about it with me. You Absolutely. Know? And I appreciate that. That's, things like that for me are huge. Mm, me too. It's huge, man. Like, you know... <laughs> There's an emotional barometer in my heart. And so you have your highs and your lows. And for me right now, on a scale, like this is a high for me. This is my first time talking about this publicly. Wow. Other than that, you know. I'm honored, man. I'm honored. Yeah. No, I'm honored. Thank you. I'm honored, bro. I mean, um, other than me, you know, other than on my website or on my Instagram page, you know, I'm, I'm just sharing more education and stuff now. But other than that, this is my first time. Well. I did a conference in New Orleans in which okay. I won best paper for. <laughs> won that award, didn't you? Yeah, I won that award. <laughs> I, 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 it, within my first year as a doctoral student, you know, and I, I'm proud to say that, you know. So I, I thank God for that. That was a high moment for me. But um, there's more roads and valleys to be conquered. Right. You know, that's just the best paper award. I don't, that's not, that's not a plaque on my wall. The greatest plaque on my wall is being a good father. The greatest plaque on my wall is seeing to it that before I'm buried and gone, before it's all said and done, my legacy is that 
I would have created more opportunities for mm-hmm. fatherless young men or fatherless young women of any color, mm-hmm. provided opportunities for them to have an encounter with a positive, outstanding, upstanding citizen right. of society to help them make better choices. That's what it's all about. Just helping them to make better decisions, right. raising them, nurturing them. And men do nurture, you know, but women just tend to nurture better because it's just built like that. Mm-hmm. But men are great nurturers. Absolutely. I'm a firm believer that um, men can raise both men and women. They can raise boy and girl. Women aren't called to raise children. So men are called to raise children. Women are more nurturers. So women say, well, nurturing is raising. I think it's relative. I was going to say, you're, yeah. what, I think the distinction here is the definition that well, of raise, of that word raise. Yes, sir. So when you say raise, it sounds like what you mean is like, you know, instilling values, principles, you know, lessons, um, and overall being a teacher. Good job. Yeah. Yeah. Is that how you would say that? Yes, Absolutely. Women can do all those things equally well. I'm not here to say anything you can do, I can do. Right, right, like, right. Th- that's not the, I, I think we've had enough of that conversation. <laughs> yeah. It's been a lot of that, you know. Yeah. Um, that's not the point of this it, at all. It's right. not, it's not. Yes, yes, great input. No, it's, it's not the point of this. The point of this is to fulfill a void. And there aren't men in the house. That's a void. That's a, that, I think that's the biggest void. Yeah. Um, we need our mothers, we need our fathers. However, my point in saying what I just said before was that if a father's present and a mother isn't, and a father is called to raise the children, it won't be as hard. It's hard for women. I'm a superwoman, I'm an independent woman and all. More power to you. Mm-hmm. You have a certain grace God has given to you that he probably hasn't given to every other woman. More power to you, you can right. do that. Right. And there's some men who can't even do that. Right. But I think generally and based on research, because I want to base everything it is that I'm saying off of research, off of research yeah. and, from, and from what I've read and substantiated, according to research, it tends to be, and this is like Likert, it tends to be easier for men to raise children than it is for women. Why? Women like, are weaker vessels, right? So <clears throat> you're a big brawny man. You're a, you're a Mr. Clean kind of guy. Come on, man. I need a haircut. <laughs> he says I need a haircut. He looks good physically, but he needs a haircut. Oh, man. Where have we gone wrong in society? <laughs> you something else, dude. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I, I ate a lot last night. I just need a haircut. I got to get back in shape. I got to get back in shape with this haircut. Um So you said you just said something that okay so yeah and this would be this would be one of the last points before we, before we close out but okay. you said you just some you said uh, women are weak of vessels but earlier you said something along the lines of um, women can fathom so much more than men yeah. <clears throat> but now you said they're weaker vessels so I want to challenge that yes. my question is that there's something that you mean when you say that. Mm-hmm. What is it that you mean? It's funny because I feel like when women were created in the Garden of Eden um, from a man, they're the second coming of a human being, you know, and the last coming of a human being because you have male and female. And I feel like 
this is me. This is my feeling. Uh, this is not substantiated. It's not fat. Um, women are weaker vessels in that they don't have testosterone. They produce estrogen. And so testosterone does things in both men and women because they, they do produce testosterone. They just don't produce it at the rate that we do. Mm -hmm. But I feel like because the Lord did make and now this is me kind of speaking from a spiritual standpoint, mm -hmm. right? So you, you don't have to take my word for it. I feel like because the Lord did make women weaker, smaller than men, they're not weak. They're just weaker. But women, weaker, women, you're saying weaker, I'm thinking physically. Physically. Okay. Yeah. But yet still they can fathom and take so much. It's dichotomous. It's like, oh, weaker vessels, but look what they go through. Look what they can withstand. And so that's kind of where I'm coming from. I feel like it is easier for men because as a man, it's nothing. I can carry two kids got it. in my hand. So imagine you're on the phone and you got to do this. You got, after a while, it's going to become strenuous. Mm -hmm. I feel like men can go the distance physically. They can go the distance okay. physically. Women can do it at a time. Boom. You got to bring five, six babies into the world at once, you know, quintuplets or whatever the case may be. Women can do that. You know, we don't want to talk about men being able to do that because we, we know that's not humanly possible. Right. But what I am saying is that the long haul for men to be able to raise kids, go to the parent, uh, teacher conference, cut his or her hair, do her hair if, if, he, if, if he's skilled like that, um, have a conversation with her, even the daughter or the male about the birds and the bees, you know. I don't know what the birds and the bees are. Sex. <laughs> um, <laughs> the capacity, I feel, is much larger in a marathon for a man than it is for a woman. Okay. I feel like the women that do do it, and most women do do it, according to research, because <laughs> they're more single, there tends to be Nowadays, more single parent households than um, two parent households for the women that do do it. Um, it's more output. It's yeah. more energy. Yeah, it's more work mentally. The mental part is a, is the worst part than the physical. That's why I say the physical doesn't even really matter. Mm -hmm. But because women are weaker vessels. You know, and of course, you know, science shows it, you know, men tend to run faster, jump higher. Yeah, all so those it's things. like physical standpoint. Yeah. Those things don't really matter when it comes to like mentally. Oh, man. You know, so I feel like it's only so much that a woman will be able to take. But <laughs> women, are not, they're not extinct. You know, they're still here. So um, that part I can't explain. Some, something, something something is being done right in that. Uh, but there is a glitch because women are not made to raise children and or alone. Right. Yeah. Men, got, men got to step up and do their part. Yes, sir. Yeah, man, step it up. Yeah. So, um, and, and this means a lot to me. This whole conversation means a lot to me because of how, like, when I think of my dad, like, mm -hmm. man, like, I get, I get, always get emotional thinking about it, you know, um, yeah. and how much just him, just his presence. Yeah. He ain't even got to say nothing. Yeah. He didn't say a word, but just his presence in my life, you know, yeah. knowing that I, I think about him and he's here. And yeah. 
the day that the day will come when he's no longer around, you know, um, he's getting older and weaker. Um, I mean, he's still mentally, though, he's still right. Strong. I mean, that's right. that's still there. But just thinking about everything that I've become because because of um, my dad, I look to him right. and I look at what he's done and and all even the way I deal with struggles, the way I, I handle stuff. And I believe mm. that. I really do believe is it's because I had him as a role model, as, as I had him to look at. I saw how he was handling things. I saw how he handles issues uh, when he gets disappointed, when he gets sick. You know, um, I, I see what he does and I, I do the same thing. And it's, it's brought me to this point in my life now. Wow. And I attribute all that to watching him growing up. So I the value of. The value of having a father present in, in a family and mm-hmm. just their presence is like I can't compare anything else to it. And I love my mom to death, you know, right. love my mom to death. But it is it's very different. Yeah, it's a very different dynamic. Yeah. Um, I, but I can't speak on being raised by just a mother alone. And that's why oftentimes, you know, you raised by a father and you are a proud father as well. Yes, sir. So that's why I got to show a lot of love, too, and, and some obviously empathy. But I also want a conversation where, OK, for for men who have been raised by mothers. And and, and also mother um, um, single mothers right now who are raising their men, yeah. raising young men. I just want an, a, a channel where we can empower that part, because yeah. that's a part that is now becoming prevalent. Yeah. But at the same time, it's still unaddressed. Just like you said, there's a glitch as well. Yes, sir. So this conversation, I mean, man, for me, it, it's <laughs> we could keep going on and on about it. But as I agree with you, when I say, man, we just need more examples. We just we need more examples. Yes, sir. And that's why my I feel as I, calling. I feel like everyone has a calling as a mentor. Absolutely. No matter what you do yeah. in life. You're still a mentor. You're gonna be a mentor for others. So, Absolutely. for my my on my end, mm-hmm. my advice or my my wish is for all of us, you know, uh, men who are in there who are excited. I'm excited to meet, you know, the person I'm gonna marry and to have kids and raise children. I'm excited to do all that as it comes. Yeah, yeah. And I will be there. Right. It's um, good to hear that. Prior to those things happening, to all you're right, right, it, it's, right. It's, it's it's music to my ears to hear that because you just made a declaration. Yeah, you know, I believe you're going to stand on it because you have examples, mom and dad. I have, yeah, I have examples, and and check this out though, my mom and dad were divorced when I was seven. So wow. I have a yeah, and this I'm throwing a whole bone. Whoa. I'm throwing a whole a whole wrench in this. So my mom and dad were splits for a while now. Wow. But still, though, guess what happened? What's up? So I live, I, obviously, I'm with my mom and my siblings from, mm-hmm. let's say, Monday to Friday afternoon. But every single weekend, my dad would pick us up and we'd be at his house. Wow. And sometimes he'd work. Most of the time, he wouldn't. So we'd be with dad all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I respect my dad so much and I'm so proud of him mm-hmm. because even though it might not have worked out between the the two of them, he made sure, and I think he understood the importance of that because he had a, he had his dad, and his dad died when he was fifteen oh. during the, the Nigerian Civil War. That's right. 
Yeah, he actually died of asthma, which is crazy. Wow. Um, right? Like yeah, during the Civil War. Yeah, during. The, I mean, he wasn't like fighting, right, he wasn't but, fighting it was, but it they was were like, fleeing though. They were like going to different towns and stuff like that. But the point of what I'm saying is this: is that my dad saw the importance of their, his presence in our life. That he not only did that every single weekend without fail, but also you know the groceries, everything. Like you know, made sure that things were taken care of. All the time, right. you know, everything, right. especially education. Right. I said, Dad, I need this. It didn't even matter how much it, it cost. Right. And that, you know, what's funny to, to this day, he, he would tell me, he said, look, if you want some clothes, I don't know about that. But right. if you need a book, I will find the money. <laughs> That's what my dad says, right? That's if you need a book, if you need Love this, it, if you need, I will find the money for yeah. it. Yeah. And that's why, even let's say, for example, for this biz, for the, what I'm starting with this, this all this stuff, man, yeah. that stuff is expensive. These cameras right now we're using, this is expensive man, stuff. No but the thing is, in my mind, because I saw him say that time and time again, mm -hmm. I'm like, look, if I merely just wanted a camera, I probably wouldn't have gotten one. But because of what I'm doing and what I believe in and what I'm trying to go for is business. It's, right. it's, it's a mission. Right. I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get these cameras. You see what I'm saying? So I got that from him. I got that from that. It's amazing. I got that from him. That's amazing. Yeah. So, and, and then also another thing in the little story too is every, he would give us $20 allowance every, during the week. Okay. Right. But here's what he did. He said, you have to earn it. This is how you earn it. Um, at night, when you do your homework, you get $5 a night. It's four nights. Cause he's with us. We're with him Friday night. So it's Monday night to Thursday gotcha. night. He goes for every night, that you call me and tell me you did your homework, you get $5. And I think he wrote it down on someone because he would know, right? Because so I, I call him on the phone. I'm like, hey, daddy, um, I did my homework. He'd be like, oh, did you? He's like, good, son, good. He's like, and then he'll start asking questions like, what did you talk about? Or what did you, what did you learn today in school? And so he created or incentivized us talking to him, being in communication with him every single day of the week. You see that? My dad is brilliant for that. And then I'll be like, okay, you want me to give the phone to Vince? And one of my brothers, he'd be like, no, 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 tell him, tell him to call me. So he'd have us individually call him um, in order for us to earn, you know, earn the allowance. Look at that. So, and he wasn't even around and they were divorced. There's so many yeah. things there that. So it, as you can see, it's like, man, it, it doesn't even matter if necessarily he's in the household. Right. He was still present. Still present. Still present. So that's why that to me, this conversation means a lot because that's why it's because I've, I grew up actually in a household where physically yeah. during the week, my dad wasn't there, but my dad was present in my life. Man. You see what I'm saying? So that's why for me, like well, I, I wanted to ask you that. Okay. For, for you, we've got single mothers and yeah. Their dad being around is a different case. They're, right. they're probably not even in any kind of communication. Right. For the most part. Right. Um, but for a lot of the single mothers out there who, who their, you know, their father, the father of their kid is not around. I do agree with you. I think they need to be in environments where there's people that look like them and that are older that will um, kind of wrap their arms around them. Absolutely. Man. And we have to keep fighting for these resources, for these yes. for these uh, programs to, yes. to take place for that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That I, I love how you kind of like ended that off. Like, yeah, I, I'm, um, I just became a part of the Barack Obama initiative that he enacted some years back called the My Brother's Keeper initiative that yeah. I spoke to you about. And there's so many different 
institutions academically, nonprofit wise, that are a part of that. So it's not just one big place called the My Brothers. It's an initiative and um, policy that's enacted for uh, wow. father figures to be in the lives of young people who don't, you know, who don't have it. So right. I, I want to be at more than one institution. Hopefully, I can be at a few of them. So that's that's what I'm doing. I'm not just doing the research, but I, I'm, as we say today, I'm out here. You know I'm, <laughs> I'm out here. I'm in the awesome. streets. Yeah. I'm yeah. doing work. You know, and to me, that's my ministry. Um, I don't consider. It's awesome, I don't consider um, salvation. You know, helping to get people. Because me being a pastor, I don't consider that to be um, the pinnacle of being a pastor. No, because you don't have to be a pastor to help people get saved. Right. You know. So true. So, but you do have to understand the plight. Um, have some type of context. As a father, you don't have to necessarily be a father, but I feel like you you should have you do have context of what it takes to be a father from your dad. So you I can do. now serve young people too, or you can you can you can have someone to have turned their back on you or whatever, and still be a great father. It doesn't always happen the way like oh you have people who do the opposite. They were raised. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, abused and things like that, so they become better nurturers and right. caregivers and lovers and so on and so forth. So, I want to be that to my people, to the community. That's awesome, man. Yeah. That's awesome. So, so Charles, man. So, where do where do we find you online? I know you kind of mentioned over it, but yeah. I always have it at the part at the end. I always have a part where it's like, and then in the show notes on the website, oh. we're putting all your information. So, where do we find you? Oh, dope, dope, man. Um, I'm at Charles Opong on Instagram. On Twitter, it's Charles Opong underscore. Um, so it's O-P-O-N-G. Yes, sir. Opong. I think, I don't know if we cleared that up earlier. You asked me about how do we say the name and everything like that. We did, yep. Yeah. Yep. So it's like ping pong just with an O in front. Opong. Yeah. <laughs> how long have you been saying that? You, you, you can tell. You know. <laughs> hey, Wudo, is that it? Yes. You, okay, got, it, you got it right. You finally, yeah. finally somebody well, got it you right. Know, I'm, I'm, I'm Nigerian too. I may be Ghanaian, but I got some Nigerian yeah, up on me. Got, so, exactly. You know, got to look at my peoples. But um, yeah, on social media, it's Charles Opong. And uh, my website is charlesopong.com. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Perfect. So we'll have all that. Man, thank you. Dude, I want to acknowledge you first off for number one, um, being one of the few to take a stand for something like this, right? Because there's there's few of us who are willing to stand up and take responsibility as a man. And then there's even fewer, I, I believe, that will actually take responsibility and in that responsibility provide something where others can learn too, to do the same. So I acknowledge you for that, man, and thank you for our awesome conversation. This would not be the last time, hopefully. Hopefully. Right? Hopefully, um, I can bring one of my mentees and, you know, do a follow-up with you, you know, sometime in the future. Um, and and just kind of let you know where groundbreaking research is happening. Good. You know, with that. So hopefully. Good, 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 uh, good. I say hopefully because I'm like, hopefully you're going to give a brother a call. Like, yeah, no, no don't. Yeah, man. And follow me on Instagram. I will. Follow me you, on Instagram. It, it, this has been an email conversation, man. Yeah, come on, This man. is true. This is true. Yeah. I'm proud of you, man. I know I said dude, it already, dude, man, but you God. are the man. I'm trying. Hey, I'm, My brother. <laughs> you the man. I'm, I'm working on it, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to do meaningful uh, meaningful work. I'm, yeah. really, I'm, I'm just really trying You're to do it. You're not trying, bro. Myself. Stop saying that. You're doing it. You're doing it. And um, I'm going to tell you something. You, I mean, I, I think it's still influential. Yeah. You and I are in the same field so to speak, but um, 
had I been younger, you know, not with a family, not with a degree, if I was one of these young guys out here, I'd be looking at you. You'd be my role model. Dang, man. Come on, man. I appreciate that. Dang. You'd be my role model because you're not even 30 yet. You know, um, you're a nurse. Nurses make a pretty penny. Um, you got three cameras set up on your own. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think you saw you, I was fiddling with it, though. Yeah. Good Lord. Yeah, I'm like, you know. You saw me working at it. You know, you, you, you become a techie. And I mean, all these things, they're not easy. You make time for the things that you, you care about. I see people talk about it all the time. Yeah, me too. But, you know, I follow you on um, social media. I've been on your website. Um, I love what it, I love what it is that you're doing. The people who, who you've had on here, like shout out to Stephanie Ike too. You know? Yeah, <laughs> like Stephanie on here. Yeah, man, she's like me. You know, she's a she, she's a minister. She's doing the Lord's work, and you 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 know what you're doing. You know what you're doing. You don't got no poop butts on here. You don't got right. you know people who are just on here just trying to yo. You, you got right. people on here who are doing stuff. Who got something in their hands. Right. Yeah. So I appreciate you for that. Yeah. You know, me and you, we lock for life, straight up. I appreciate you. For life. Same here. Same here. Same here. Thank you, bro. Wow. 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 What an interesting conversation. I'm so glad that you guys tuned in and reached this point. A couple key things. I want to know what you guys think about this episode. Um, I'm on Instagram. You know where to reach me. I'm at Val Ewudo. That's V is a Victor. A-L-E-W-U-D is in David O on Instagram, as well as the webpage. Um, of this of the show notes you can comment at the bottom love to know what you guys think about this episode and then make sure you're subscribing if you guys love this so far you know what to do you can uh, go to thinkalpha.net and make sure that you you get in there and subscribe so that, so that you don't miss anything okay so once again i appreciate all of you guys being on here let's keep rocking it and i will catch you on the next one peace out guys